Uh, welcome if you're joining us regularly, uh, either in person or indeed um, online, or if this is your first Sunday with us, uh, we bid you uh, a warm welcome here to St. Columbus Dervolgi today. As we worship a God who remains alive and well today, um, that's a statement that we often make around Easter, that the God that we worship is alive, uh, but he's alive um, today as well. Um, that's the beauty of the Lord that we worship. Um, he's not dead. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Um, indeed, he is the rock upon which we can stand today, as we'll hear um, throughout our service. And in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 2, um, Samuel is given over to the temple as a young boy by his mother Hannah. Here is part of her prayer. She says, There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you, O Lord. There is no rock like our God. That's the one that we come to worship today, the unshakable God, a strong foundation upon which we can stand. And so we pray as we begin. Father God, we thank you that you are present with us, that your hand holds us, that you're the rock upon which we can be steady and secure and sure of our footing and our foundation. So as we intentionally give some time over to worship you, to focus on you, to offer you before you our thanks, our praise, our prayers, our moments of confession, Lord, we seek that you are not only amongst us, but that you would move mightily amongst us today. In your name. Amen. The reading is from Psalm 125. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount, Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people both now and forevermore. The scepter of the wicked will not remain over the land allotted to the righteous, for then the righteous might use their hands to do evil. Lord, do good to those who are good, to those who are upright in heart. But those who turn to crooked ways, the Lord will banish with the evildoers. Peace be on Israel. Well, thank you to Sophie uh, for reading that for us today. And um, we invite Dave forward. He's going to preach for us today. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, let's just, as we come to look at God's word together, let's pray. Lord God, we want to hear from you this morning. And so um, as we look at your word together, we lift up our eyes to you and we ask that you would speak. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, today we're uh, continuing our series looking at the Psalms of Ascent, uh, this collection of songs that, as you know, the Israelites would have used as they traveled towards Jerusalem, as they journeyed um, on pilgrimage to the festivals, the religious festivals in Jerusalem. And for them, Jerusalem was the holy city. It was the place where they went to worship God. It was the place where the temple was. Uh, it was the place where they went to meet with God, where God dwelt and met with his people. And they sung these songs as they traveled up to Jerusalem. It was a place for them of security. It was like coming home to Jerusalem. And the psalm that we read today, Psalm 125, has something to tell us about security, about where we place our trust or in whom we place our trust. 
Now, if you go into any DIY store, you'll find probably a whole aisle dedicated to security, home security. And I wonder uh, what kind of security you have at your own houses. Um, maybe you, at the very minimum, have a good strong door with a lock on it. Maybe some of you have an alarm. Um, maybe some of you even have security lights that pop on when uh, uh, somebody walks past the driveway. Or maybe you might have a CCTV camera. Uh, there's all sorts of different options for home security. Maybe it's a, a pet dog that keeps your home safe, that barks whenever anybody knocks on the door or, or comes near the house. Well, for my family, we don't have um, a pet dog. Uh, we do have a pet rabbit, but I can tell you that he, he's absolutely no use when it comes to intruders. Uh, it doesn't do anything at all. Um, but we do have an alarm. That's the one uh, security thing that we have at home. We have a, an alarm. And it's one of those alarms that you can actually set either for the whole house or you can set it just for the downstairs. So quite often when we go to bed, uh, we would put the alarm on for the downstairs of the house. Um, but a few months ago, we had um, a a quite a few times, we had this sort of very unnerving experience of being woken up at two in the morning with the alarm going off. And you can imagine it's, uh, you're, you're still a bit groggy, you're not really thinking straight, and there's this loud noise in the house, and you're wondering what's going on. And so normally in these situations, I'm sent downstairs to go and check the house uh, to make sure there's no intruders in. I don't know if I'd be any better than the rabbit, to be honest, if I, if I did find someone. But uh, fortunately, I've never found someone in those situations, so we couldn't really work out what was going on, what was triggering this alarm. Until one time, on one of these uh, checks around the house, I noticed that our dishwasher door was sitting open. And I realized that what was happening is that as well as setting the alarm, quite often we also put the dishwasher on just as we were going to bed. And then in the middle of the night, the cycle had finished. And um, our dishwasher, when the cycle finishes, the door pops open. And it was that door popping open that was setting the alarm off. So instead of providing security, uh, instead of triggering and alerting us to the presence of intruders, the alarms were just telling us that the dishes were clean and that the dishwasher was ready to be emptied. It wasn't really what we intended uh, for our home security system. But what are the things that we put our trust in? Well, in the psalm that we read, in Psalm 125, the psalmist wants to encourage us to look up to God, to put our trust in him. The psalm begins, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken but endures forever. And I wonder when you hear that, do you have a picture in your mind of Mount Zion? Maybe a picture of this uh, majestic mountain, a, a, a huge um, snow-capped mountain, a big rock that can never be moved, like one of the Alps or maybe like Mount Everest, something like that. But actually, uh, Mount Zion is more of a hill than a mountain. It's a, it's a hill in the southern side of Jerusalem. And um, it's not even the biggest hill in that area. So why choose Mount Zion? Why did the psalm writer decide um, to use that as the symbol? Well, for the people of Israel, Mount Zion wasn't just a hill. It was the place where King David had founded the city of Jerusalem. It had a huge amount of significance for them. It was the place where David's son Solomon had built the temple, the, the original temple. And so it became symbolic for the people of Israel of the place where God dwelt with his people, the place where they could come to meet with God, where God's presence was among his people in Mount Zion. 
And it wasn't just looking back on a past time where that was the case, in, in David and Solomon's time, but it was also the present city of Jerusalem where um, God was present with his people, where God dwelt amongst his people. But there was also a future aspect to Mount Zion. It was a heavenly city, a place that they looked forward to, a promise that one day God would come and would dwell with his people forever and ever. So Mount Zion was incredibly significant for the people of Israel. And you see references to Mount Zion all throughout the Bible, um, particularly in the Psalms and in uh, the books of the prophets. For example, in Psalm 132, it says this, The Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his dwelling. This is my resting place forever and ever. Here I will sit enthroned. So the psalmist is telling us here that those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. They can't be shaken, not because of their own strength, not because they're like this majestic mountain, this big rock that um, cannot be moved, but they are um, trusting in God, and it's because of the presence of God that they're able to endure. It's because of the presence of God with his people that they cannot be shaken. It's God's presence that enables them to face the challenges in life. And we see that, don't we, so often in the story of the Bible. When Moses was called by God to go and speak to Pharaoh, um, and to go and tell Pharaoh that um, God wanted the Israelites to go free, he wanted him to free them from slavery, Moses says to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? And how does God respond? He says, I will be with you. I will be with you. It's the presence of God that will make the difference. He doesn't say, Moses, you're, you're a pretty strong guy. You're, you're okay. You're, you, you can go and you can talk to Pharaoh. You know, you, you can do it in your own strength. He says, no, what's going to make the difference is that I will be with you. It's God's presence that enables Moses to go and to face the Pharaoh. In the book of Judges, when God calls Gideon to go and save Israel from the Midianite army, Gideon says to God, how can I save Israel? How on earth can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. My clan's the weakest, and, and I am the least in my family. I'm the least of the least in, in, this, in this nation, and you're calling me? And God says, I will be with you. It's the presence of God that makes the difference. And maybe for some of us, we don't feel like a majestic mountain. We don't feel like uh, a big immovable rock that it can stand firm in the challenges of life. But what God would say to us is, I will be with you. What the psalmist tells us is that the people who trust in God know that the presence of God goes with them. It's the presence of God that makes the difference. The psalmist goes on to say that those who trust in the, in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. When we put our trust in God, we're putting our trust <clears throat> in someone who is unshakable, someone who cannot be moved, someone who endures forever, someone eternal. We all put our trust in things in life, don't we? Um, whether we choose it deliberately or whether it just happens accidentally, but we all put our trust in something. Maybe we put our trust in financial security, in a job, or in our savings or our pension fund. Maybe we put our trust in our health, our physical well-being to live a long and comfortable life. 
Sometimes we trust in ourselves and our own strength to get through, or the support of family and friends. And the thing is, none of those things are bad things in themselves, but what the psalmist would remind us is that none of them is unshakable. All of them have the potential to be shaken and even to crumble around us. But those who trust in the Lord know that they put their trust in someone unshakable, eternal, who endures forever and will carry us through. And the psalmist continues this message of security, finding security and trusting in God uh, in the next verse with this image of the city of Jerusalem. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forevermore. And Jerusalem is a city surrounded by hills, and that would have been even more obvious in ancient times where the city was smaller. It's surrounded on all sides by the hills, and that, for an ancient city, was a really good defensive position, because any army wanting to attack would have to go through those hills before it could get to the city. The psalmist pictures God surrounding his people like hills surrounding a city. I love that image of God surrounding us on all sides. You see, God goes before us. He leads us. He knows our future. He knows where we're going, and he goes ahead of us. But God is also behind us. He knows our past. He's been faithful in our past. He knows our history. He knows where we've come from. But God is also alongside us, walking with us through the challenges we face today. God surrounds us on all sides. And it reminds me a bit of that prayer um, which is attributed to St. Patrick, the St. Patrick's breastplate. You'll be very familiar with these words. Christ be with me, Christ within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, and it goes on. And there's a picture in that prayer, as there is in the psalm, of God surrounding us on all sides with his protection. But I think it's interesting that that prayer is known as St. Patrick's breastplate, a piece of armor. Because when we think of God's protection, that, that image of armor is such a good um, image of God's protection and what God's protection is like. You'll have heard of that phrase uh, where an overprotective parent, we say that they wrap their child up in cotton wool. Um, and what we, re what we really mean by that is that they try to keep their child safe by separating them from the world and wrapping them up in cotton wool. God doesn't do that. He doesn't wrap us in cotton wool. But he clothes us with armor and sends us out into the world. It's like a city in the world, but surrounded by mountains. So we have the security of knowing that if we trust in the Lord, even though we face the challenges and the trials and that we do in this world, that we're surrounded on all sides by our God who loves us and who desires to bring about good for us. So the psalm writer is realistic that we live in a broken world, that we, in this world, will face challenges. We live in a broken and sinful world, but they give us hope in the midst of that. In verse 3, it says, the scepter of the wicked will not remain over the land allotted to the righteous. The scepter of the wicked will not remain over the land allotted to the righteous. Jerusalem was a city that had been invaded by many different armies over the years. 
This may have been a song that Jesus and his family would have sung as they traveled up to the festivals um, in Jerusalem. And when they arrived, they would have seen a city under Roman occupation. The rule of a foreign power, a cruel and oppressive army that didn't acknowledge God and his ways. And we too, when we look at the world around us, when we hear the news and when we read the newspapers, we see a world with injustice, a world where there is greed and violence. And it can seem sometimes that the wicked prosper whilst those who try to do right um, are taken advantage of. And the writer of the Psalm, the writer of Psalm 125, saw those things as well. But because his trust was in God, he had hope because he knew that God would have the final word, that the rule, the scepter of the wicked would not remain in the land allotted to the righteous. See, there is a promise for those who trust in God. There's an inheritance, a land allotted to the righteous, to those who look to God to put their trust in him. There is a land where God will live forever with his people, where sickness and injustice and violence will be gone, where, as it says in the book of Revelation, God will wipe away every tear, a heavenly Mount Zion, where God will dwell with his people forever. In the book of Revelation, it's called the New Jerusalem. And so for those who trust in the Lord, although we see a world where the wicked appear to rule for a time, we can know, we can have the hope that it will, it will not remain forever, that God is still in control of his world, that he can raise up nations and leaders and he can bring them down. It's God who has the final word. And one day we know, we have that future hope that God will set things right forever. As it says in the psalm, do good, O Lord, to those who are good, to those who are upright in heart, those who trust in the Lord. But those who turn to crooked ways, the Lord will banish with the evildoers. We know that one day God's justice will come in full. And until then we pray, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we know that one day that prayer will be answered in full. God's righteous judgment will come and his justice will be done. But today, let's choose to put our trust in God. To ask ourselves that question. Are we fully relying on God? Are we fully trusting in him? Or are we still placing our trust in earthly things? Things that ultimately are shakeable and not dependable? Or are we putting our trust in the God who is eternal and unshakable, and who ultimately has a promise, a future hope for us, that he will one day dwell with his people forever and ever, and we will be in that place, that heavenly Zion, where we see him face to face, and we can trust in that promise. So let's pray. Lord God, we just thank you for uh, that wonderful promise that you dwell with your people, that your presence goes with us, that you surround us with your protection like mountains surrounding a city. Lord God, we thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your love for us. And Lord, help us to see uh, and to look up to you, to lift our eyes and to place our trust in you more fully so that we can build our lives on a foundation that is unshakable. We pray this in Jesus' name. 
Amen. We turn um, to the words that we read and heard uh, from Psalm 125 today uh, as we draw to a close. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forevermore. And so may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, rest upon each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.